What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of the Fub Pod. How y'all seven, doing? Seven. What's seven. up? What's up? Love the whole. <laughs> it's montage. 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 80s vibe. Montage. Dude, man. I can see everybody working out in their freaking spandex and everything. Whatever that crap was called. I need some knee high socks. Dude. The leg warmers. Those big giant socks. Dude, they were ripping it, dude. You know? Just, you know, putting in that cracky, son. You know, all that, those aerobics, <laughs> jazzercising. The clanging and banging. Clanging and banging. <laughs> Speaking of kind of 80s stuff, like earlier when we were over at Balks for brunch, by the way, I was bomb-ass brunch this morning. Thank you. Thank but, yeah, thanks, uh, uh, We were talking about some, like, comedians and stuff, and we brought up some reason. Balk apparently was trying to imitate Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, man. Yeah. But then he'd never do it for us. Well, I tried. Yeah. I've I've looked at videos and I've tried to sit at the couch on my own and attempt. Yeah. But that is a very hard one to actually get down. I never said I could do it. I just said I've tried to do it. No, we were trying to get you to yeah. do it for us. Yeah, I get that, but it was that bad that I wasn't gonna do it <laughs> for anybody else except for my own ears. You wanna do one now? On the pod? No. Come on, man, give it a little attempt. <laughs> He definitely can do, like, <laughs> the poor man's Roddy Dangerfield. We know that. But, I mean, hey, you know. That's a good one. That's but good one. we were talking about, you know, I let him see Andrew Dice Clay. Mm. And uh, one of his uh, stand-up shows from, like, 1990 or 89 or something like that was on HBO. And I only was letting him see it because this comedy, I will say, does not stand up over the test of time. Like, I had heard of him. Yeah. yeah, and I'd heard he was supposed to be like this nasty kind of comedian. I never went and like listened to any of his stuff or watched any of his specials, so I had no idea what it was. But those little nursery rhyme things, cheesy. Yeah, terrible. well, what at the time terrible. Well, think for about the it. time for, for, for now. Exactly for now. For for now. now. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't hold up. No. If if you listen to like Richard Pryor, if you listen to you know George Carlin, if you listen to Eddie Murphy. Any of their stuff from, like, the 70s and 80s, their stuff holds up over time. For some reason, his doesn't really hold up over time. Maybe. He doesn't talk about social issues either. You know, that's a good point, man. That's probably, like, the holy grail for comedians, I would assume, is, like... And I guess there's no way of telling it except except if people are still talking about, like, we're still talking about Richard Pryor. You know, like, his stuff is still pretty freaking relevant. If you you watch it still, you're like, damn, some of the same shit's still happening. And, like, but, like, he's just... They're, they're all time like they're all talking about the times and that's why it's like ah you know the references we don't understand like it's you know, I don't know well like, Danny probably understands them probably why because you were from the time frame dude Richard mm. Pryor when I was a kid was already tra- had already transitioned into acting that's, that was the movie I was looking at but the, if you haven't watched any Andrew Dice Clay movies the one is The Adventures of Ford Fairlane that's great oh that's an amazing movie it, it's, it's a joke yabba dude like talk about cheesy action films yeah. that yeah, man that that's like like I don't know I what I've only seen it like just like just this year, maybe like four or five months ago. But that was the first time I watched it, and it's fucking hilarious. And now it is out of time, but it's still che- like you just gotta watch it. It's hard. I got oh, yeah. one even better. Oh, here we go. Face Smasher. Face Smasher. Yes, okay. with Andrew Dice Clay. 
I haven't seen that. Cheesy as hell, but definitely worth the watch. Okay, okay. And there's a reason why they call him Face Smasher in the movie. Is he a bouncer or something? Eh, kind of something like that. Like okay. bounty hunter, bouncer uh, kind of deal, okay. going up against ninjas. <laughs> you already you are sold. This was a 90s movie, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Sold. Yeah. Yes, it was. Ninjas, ninjas, in the 90s. ninjas in the 90s. <laughs> yes. I think it was the Yakuza, as a matter of fact. Oh, is what he's going oh man. But it's got, it's got Terry Hatcher in it. She played in Supergirl, and then she played in, like, oh, Melrose man. Place and a whole bunch of different shows. She's in the movie. Huh. And it's just, it's worth the watch. It just truly is. You know, just saying. But just check that movie out. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just looking. Okay. He he's trying, trying to give you some interest. I thought, oh, yeah, I thought he was loading up to say something. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, He's not scared though, remember? Oh. Either way. I was Why are you looking at me? Why are you looking at me? <laughs> Either way though, the reason why I even brought up the reason why I even brought up Andrew Dice and these intent. guys earlier is because I think they could easily pull off his accent. That Brooklyn whatever I think he's from like, Brooklyn hickory, or whatever. Hickory, dock, you know, well yeah. I will say his the nursery rhymes from back in the day, yeah, yeah. they were funny then, they were considered dirty, like I told them earlier. He was supposed to perform the nineteen ninety MTV Music Awards and he was supposed to close the show. And he got kicked off because they said he was too dirty. Mm. So they ended up replacing him with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers because they had just come out with Free Fall. And, and then Axl Rose comes out and like sings a song with him at the end of the MTV Music Awards. So that's a fair trade. You know, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's Fuck a fair yeah. trade, especially for that time. Goddamn Tom Petty. I mean, Petty even at this, like, even then, what would you have rather seen? Oh, Tom, absolutely. Tom Petty and Axl Rose. Yeah. Like, prime time. This is prime time Axl Rose. Right after GMR Lies, dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuck yes. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> Mr. Dice. But yeah. yeah Mr. Yeah, Dice Man Cometh. <laughs> Please don't be <laughs> <face> smashing. <laughs> but no. Smish. Smish. But definitely, I mean, that's the real reason why I wanted to show him Andrew Dice Clay. It was just the whole accent. He, he's like the ultimate troll, you know. Who, Andrew Dice Clay? Yeah. Like, he. I, f- I forgot. He gave up his phone number one time, and so people would call him, and then he would just at random save somebody's number and call them. And like at first, like, hey, Andrew, what's going on? Like, oh, man, like, like they're excited. Andrew Dice Clay is calling me. But then he would like fucking call him at work. <laughs> call him like call him at like you know ten thirty at night. He's like, and you know, I'm trying to sleep. And he's like, oh, but what are you doing? You know, like just like. With intent to fuck with them, you know it's this that's, is Andy, yeah. That's kind of funny. That's yeah. exactly. That's why he's such a genius. He's <laughs> such a genius. I'm not saying he's not, dude. Dude. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking shit about it. We're no, just saying. Yeah. yeah. There's something about like he's like. I, I there's give, a reason why he's so famous. Well, <laughs> he was on. He was on a special recently. They did some like. Was it wasn't a Dave Chappelle one? There was another one. Where they did, like, somebody had won that comedy award, the one that Dave Chappelle just won recently. <coughs> somebody else had won it, and then Andrew Dice Clay came out there and mm. did, a, like, a bunch of stuff, a routine. He's obviously changed his stuff compared mm. to what it was back in, like, yeah. the early, late 80s, early 90s. But, <clears throat> I mean, I, I haven't really listened to any of his stuff since then, so I don't know if it's any But I do know the one, the video they pulled up earlier was talking about number like, politics and stuff, so. Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Do you have the, since we're talking about 80s comedians and everything, do you have the vinyl of Rappin' Rodney? No, I don't. Oh, wow. I explain what that is. Rodney Dangerfield's oh, okay, okay. Rappin' yeah, Rodney. Yeah. I might have a copy of it. <laughs> do you? I might. <laughs> well, I think one of the things they brought up earlier was they were talking about how Fez said something about, I was either you were about, said that Bobcat and Sam Kennison were very similar. And... 
But, like, Bobcat, he took his career into a different, like, he took it for a different turn because he didn't want to become that voice. He got tired of that shit, you know, between Police Academy, which I think was kind of what kind of kicked him off, wasn't it? Yeah, one crazy summer. And, well, yeah, there, you know, and then he became a director, which he's he's come out with some really cool films. Does he does a lot, he does a lot of cartoon stuff, too, doesn't he? Yeah, like, I think he does like, voices, yeah. like, animated stuff. I don't know, I think, I thought he was more of a director yeah. now. but either way, like, he has some really killer, like, some killer work. I mean, Sam Kennison, obviously, we didn't get the full effect of him because he, you know, he died so or so early. But he'd actually been around for a while, but he didn't get big until... <laughs> Is that then. him in that Anthrax song? Yes. On the man? Ah, ah. Yes, okay. Sam Kennison, yes. I'm not going to say her name, but I have an aunt who did blow with Sam Kennison. <laughs> when he was on tour, uh, it was at the, uh, what was that, Sand Shack? Or, no, Shooters or uh, uh, something over at Dorchester. It was a, a fucking... Um, crazy D's? No, not Crazy D's. It was over... No, that's around Red Bank. No, there was a Crazy D's that was on um, Dorchester one time, too. Okay. Uh-huh. But I can't remember what it was called, but it wasn't the Sand Shack that we played. I remember San- it was yeah. Sandy Sand Shack or something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, there, was, uh, there was a venue right down the road from that that was still open when we were still around but before lazy bees i think that maybe what was that one that was on the corner uh i think it's like a jamaican restaurant now or something that might that might be it but either way yeah so i think it was sam kinison and maybe poison all right are you talking about well the only i know the one on rivers used to be desperados Desperados. Yeah, that's a country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It used to be Desperados. They, because the last show there before they closed was Anthrax, and it was a weird show. It was a combination of Anthrax. It was the lead singer from um, uh, Turbo Lover. What's his name? The lead singer from Judas Priest. Priest. Rob Halford? Yeah, what was the second band he went into? Wasn't it just Halford? No, it wasn't. Oh, wait, was it like. Fire fist or yeah, something, something like that. that. Fist? It's, it's, it had something to do with a fist or a, a hand or yeah, something. Yeah, fist. And he started oh, that the band. Supergroup. He started that. Yeah, the, the he supergroup. started that band, yeah, yeah, and it was yeah, yeah. Anthrax, them, and like fist. one other band. <laughs> and they were the, like the last show to play. Uh, Desperado. Judas Priest fight Halford. Fight, fight. fist. <laughs> and here it is. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was the last show that they actually. Close Desperado and Speaking of odd shows, so to, speaking of brunch, I was uh, out <laughs> out to brunch with uh, a good friend of mine, brother Ray, and we were driving around. And you know the American Legion in old downtown Somerville? Oh, it's yeah. near the church. It's like a little freaking. Played a couple shows there. He saw Dying Fetus there. I could believe it. And the Locust there. That place couldn't have been any bigger than this apartment. I could, I could believe that. Yeah. yeah. That is insane. Nile played a show there before they got signed. I was, I, was that like Dying Fetus as they were like coming up? I think so. So I've heard about the Locust playing there. Yeah. And apparently they were a bunch of dicks and everyone threw rocks at them. That was him? That yeah. was his show. <laughs> that might have, because he said, and he even said Dying Fetus was like, he, he kind of reacted the same way. He's like, man, there was a bunch of skinheads that showed up. And he's like, man. And it was like, and I was like, and that's why I said like, oh, man. He's like, that's, that's exactly how Dying Fetus they like, oh, man. And they, they were not excited. And I don't blame... Dude, we played some... We, like, as a metal band, we played some hairy freaking crowds sometimes, man. Like I will say, in my... I don't even want to... You, know, you can't even call it a career. But in my life of playing music and being in bands, the one of the best shows I ever played mm. was that American Legion in Somerville. Without mm. a doubt. 
there was like five bands on the bill and Flaming Anus was the closing band, which I just mm. found out is still around. Mm. Yeah. That shocks the living hell out of me that they're still even around. Yeah. I wonder, I don't even know, I wonder if the original drummer is still in there, Greg. If he is, he's got to be like 75 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, but they closed the show and I think we were like the third band on the bill. Although we were the fourth band on the bill because the bands in front of us were Christian rock bands. Christian rock or Christian punk bands. And so they had this whole crowd, and we were the first band after Dominion, this. Right? Yeah, Dominion? Yeah, it was Dominion, yeah. The Onion. <laughs> Dominion. Dominion. So we were the first band after that. And I get up there and like, yo, we're Dominion from Monk's Corner, South Carolina. What the fuck is up? And they're like, all the, like, the Christian kids are like, <gasps> and then like we hit, and like the whole place just blew up. Dude, we, we got like... We got like 350 people in that Legion. Nice. I mean, that Legion should maybe even hold 100. I was like, maybe 50 people should be in there. There was like 350 people. There was people outside. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was the best show we played at the time. And, but the crowd was crazy. Like the crowd was getting pushed in on us as we were playing. It's like, it kind of reminds you of the way the old like shows you see back in the 80s, 70s and 80s and early 90s. They'd have to push the crowd back because they were at level with the crowd. Well, it was just like those house shows, like the, right. You know, those, those, not 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 house shows, but those like trench shows. Well, it reminded <laughs> me. It honestly reminded me when we played the cave. <laughs> the yeah, cave. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was very similar yeah. to that. I mean, we didn't have as many people, but we had a lot of people there. There was a lot of people there, and obviously for what it was, yeah, for what definitely. it was, yeah, for a storage unit. And yeah. Then, <laughs> you know, what's her name got knocked out. You know, and Ooh. then. Uh, I ended up getting I ended up getting sick from someone went through a wall. Yeah, yeah. which I wonder when uh, when they went through the wall. I mean, they didn't go fully through it, but they put a big ass dent in it. So I wonder if anything happened to like any belongings on the other on side. The other side, yeah. That was like nice. normally, people yeah. just have shit in there, just stuff they don't want in the house. But mm-hmm. like, I wonder if there could have been some casualties of war, man. I kind of wish yeah, that our shed, our unit, would have been that big, dude. Like when we were practicing. I kind of wish, like, we, we had a nice-sized unit, but, I mean... Yeah. Like, was that just one unit? Or, that was or two. Or was that two units of, like, somebody, like, rented out but, I, like, took down the... I, I think, think so. it... I, no, I think it was just an extra... It was just, like, one of those really big units, because you can rent units that size. Yeah, but mm-hmm. wasn't it a double door? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we... I don't think there was units that size where we were at. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. But you can rent storage units that big, but usually they don't rent to bands. Probably for that reason For alone. that reason alone, exactly. So, you know, while we're talking about music... Oh, no. <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. Yeah. The punk category with yeah. a flaming anus? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get in here and ask Danny about him and punk music. You know, how Bad Religion is the be-all, end-all of I, punk music, according to Danny. No, I never not, said that. No. I, like, I'm genuinely kind of curious because, like, I've known you for a long time. That's not even a crack. Just, we've known each other for a very long time, but I've you know so the, I've known the metal side of you, and like I said recently, you know earlier, you know I even got to know the like the ska side, you know, the ska side of you, the reggae side of you, you know, and the polka side of you, and the polka side of you. I'm a man of many talents. Yeah, but big polka guy. You weren't over there. She gets this. He was. I thought he was there for that. He's a fan of the Kenosha Kickers. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> but punk rock is something I've never. Associate like and it's not even a you know, like knock on you. I'm not even trying to be like a music snob. I'm just curious, like 
what are, if you have any punk you know punk rock interests what are they bad religion yeah and like why yeah why would you say something if you did say something like let me explain I, I like bad religion so I, let me explain the backstory okay so okay. I was not really raised <clears throat> around punk my first like experiences with punk when I was like 16 because my cousin was like really into punk mm-hmm. and so he would he I, you know, I, misfits and all the other guys you talked about like other different bands i can't think of all of them on top of my head right now He's, he knows two of them yeah. but <laughs> uh you know but said misfits and bad religion yeah well no so Okay. All right, so okay. he was okay. into all the okay. older stuff that y'all listen to, the older punk that y'all listen to. Like uh, like Dead Kennedys, Bad Brains, like Black Flag, that kind of stuff? Exactly. Okay. So, but I was, at the time, still so much into metal that I really never could get into that early wave of punk and mm-hmm. all that stuff. It just was a lot different to me. I can and understand. So, um, metal, uh, metal's very tech. Yeah. Very so the technical. very fir- the very first punk band that I ever listened to that I actually transitioned to originally was Bad Religion, and it was the album that I heard. It was. Um, yeah, oh yeah, you have like wait, which one? That, that's <sighs> it's Stranger Than Fiction. That's an odd way. To... <laughs> um, that's an odd one. It, uh, even more odd one would be Into the Unknown. Into the Unknown. It was like, <laughs> now, can you about check, um, see, like, what was the Bad Religion? The one no one talks out? about. Like in the, it was like the early nineties. Keyboard. It has like and a, shit. it has like a gray cover. It's like a, either with a cross on the front of it or something. They all. <laughs> well, there's one of them. It's like early. It's like early to mid nineties. Was it strange that fiction? Religion. Wasn't that like a gray cover? It was them on there though, right? Yeah, yeah, that might have been that. But um, uh, maybe against either against the grain generator. Mm, recipe for eight. Let me see. Those are all early nineties. I don't have an album covers. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but I, it's one. It was like one of those albums that I really got into, and that's kind of what turned me into punk, and me starting light punk, and mm-hmm. then early Green Day before they like obviously. Dookie? Well, before that, even their stuff before that. Um, you know, I really got into that stuff. The Offspring. Old Offspring before they got popular. I do like a mm-hmm. Smish. Ignition. The album Smash. Ignition or Smash was a good album. Smash. But Ignition, <laughs> it, their first major label album was Ignition. That was really good. Was it that one? Back to the Known. Which one's that one? No, it's not that one. Well, see, the, the reason why, like, I can I can understand why Battle Religion is would be a good, you know, I, I guess it, I wouldn't say decent, but a good way to get in punk rock is. Because they're very melodic, they're they're very palatable to like somebody that's new to the genre. You know, if you, man, if you go head first into Bad Brains, they might scare you. Well, I <laughs> we'll mean, see. it's they're not bad or anything. I mean, No Effects is basically just doing a well, that's where I was Bad Religion impression. I, I got mean, it. they, they <laughs> yeah. basically said it themselves, mm-hmm. and that, and then all those bands in California were just doing No Effects impressions. So I mean, I mean, I got into No Effects. No, I was listening. Even rancid. See, I mm. I dig I dug some rancid, you know. I can't say that. I I got Don't into rancid. I rancid got it, like was probably doing a Clash impression. See, yeah, I knew the Clash from a few of their songs, but I didn't really get into like the Clash. Rock the Casbah. Well, I had heard obviously you hear the radio stuff. Well, but that, that's I didn't. A, that's I, the hard part. It's hard to. I really don't associate Clash with punk rock, even though they are right. considered that they are. But they're more like. They're like rock and roll, man. They're, like they're just rock and roll ambassadors, you know. Or, you know 
but I didn't really get into like a lot more of the clash until until you and Balk and Pat and all yeah. them, you know, talking about you know how the combat rock, you know, was clash and combat rock is what I should say. But then, like my first experience, really, my first experience, like I was telling you this earlier, my first true experience with the Misfits yeah. was Metallica's Garage Days, the '86 yeah. cover cover album. That was the first time I had ever heard any Misfit stuff, but it was from a metal perspective. So well, I really so, didn't know. I th- when I first heard the stuff, yeah. you have to remember I'm like 12 years old. That's why, like I said, I thought their version theirs. of "Die Die My Darling" isn't bad. Like that was honestly, if I I can't really remember, but that that might have been the first time I heard that song until I realized, oh, that is the Misfits. I mean, a lot of people have said they got into the Misfits through that, right? Through that album, Garage Days. Yeah, I'm, but then I believe that. But then I, I will say this that. much: even though I didn't dive as much into the Misfits, that's what led me to Danzig. Because I was a huge Danzig fan. When he started that band, I was all about that band until he decided to go techno. And I had no idea what direction he was going with that, that band then. Techno. Yeah, it's like the, it's like this, the album, like either... I mean, maybe, a little, maybe a little industrial. Yeah, well, techno, yeah. Yeah, but it was the album after How the Gods Kill. Or maybe like, like the Penguin after. Hand things. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what... But weren't you a ministry guy? I was a ministry guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's some, uh, you know. Give and take there. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird because I was never a Nine Inch Nails guy, but I loved I, ministry. Man. So Al Jorgensen is a genius. I mean, he just really is. And so. But that was the fun thing about, like, at least as a kid, that was the cool thing about being, I guess, a record head or just like into music is like you, you go through this album, you go through the booklets and you read the lyrics and, oh, oh, this was a cover to what? Okay, well, what do these guys sound like? Then you go look up the original song. Oh, wow, that's cool. Right. And like that, that's the fun part. And that, I, especially as a metalhead, these guys are freaking, some of these guys were, at least back then, were purists. Still, well, no, I prefer the King Diamond version. And like, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like whatever, man, but it's still, it's, it's fun. It's, well, the first kind of, you want to, Something that's funny. Um, so the first time I ever found out that Diamond Head was actually like a surf spot in Hawaii mm. kind of floored me because I just thought the band Diamond Head just made the name up themselves and that's where they got it from. Yeah, it's a cool yeah, it's a, name. It's yeah. a cool name, you know, and you know, it's early influence for a lot of metal bands was Diamond Head. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like it was a lot different compared for me compared to most people. Like, so I grew up around obviously 80s hair metal so my mm. sister was into that and so i kind of broke away <laughs> and i'm i'm not ashamed to say it because mm. i don't i'm not ashamed to say anything i was i was a wannabe white boy rapper for about a year there's no yeah, yeah, yeah. oh when vanilla ice came out yes. oh no that was bad it was Man, bad i like but I, then i found out metal metal saved me no I know why Danny probably turned his back on hair metal. Don't even say it. Uh, he ain't got none. <laughs> Boy, was that during your flowing days of meatloaf? Yeah, those meatloaf locks. I never looked like that dude. I don't know where everybody even gets that. I never even looked like that guy. Uh, when we I do start... Do Oh god. But I won't do that. <laughs> oh. Oh my god. When we do, do start that. a social media page, we will release an early photo of you with your flowy hair. I've already told you, you know, like the ideas for like some of the It's already out there. Listen. It's some of the all right, so uh, for the podcast listeners, we have, are creating can we can talk about this. 
Well, that, that's the thing is like, are we gonna do it for like? I don't care if we talk about Dobo. That's fine. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dobo is okay. fine. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, no, I'm talking about like, we've had ideas, ideas. With the, for the Dobo for making the yearbook photos, for shirts. Oh yeah. And I have no problem putting my ass on the front of a shirt with my. We don't want your ass. Locks. On the front no, of the shirt. I don't want your. Yeah, exactly. No, with my flowing locks, my beauty locks. I'll throw that. I'll throw that bad boy up there, make it look like a prison photo, but have me up there it's like, yeah, son. I don't know about that. See, this is, I have a particular direction with my brand here. <laughs> and I think you would seriously put a stain on the reputation of I don't think so. Of Dobe. I think so. By stain, he means giant skid mark. Oh, <laughs> I don't have foresight, man. You don't have vision. Wait, Danny, were you we a already feel the wrenching feeling snow. of regret in our guts. <laughs> honestly? I was circumcised. Honestly, snow. Snow. Dude, licky boom boom down. You can't mess with that. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I, I and then, and hey, then, people who can people who can freestyle, I envy. I wish I had the brain for it. What made it even better though is after I got out of my little rap phase when I was in like sixth or seventh grade and I got into metal. Mm-hmm. Sacred Reich did yep. okay. did a a basically um, they did a song and the, on the video they did a parody of uh, like three songs during the middle. Of the, I think it might have been. Um, Oh, it was like Surf Nicaragua or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they did a parody of three songs. It was uh, Snow, Genesis, and then some other group. Mm-hmm. And on there, it has this guy. He looks like Snow. He's like, he's like, I'm not even reggae. I'm from Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, or something man. like that. And it was just funny, dude. And oh, it was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, me- like metal had balls, dude. That was the difference between, to me at the time, compared to a lot of other music. I Snow was Canadian. He is Canadian. Oh. But, uh. That was to me at that time. I always felt like metal was like the. It was everything that was against the norm. Yeah, it was a counterculture. It absolutely was, and in a lot of ways, it still is. It still is, yeah. yeah but yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, punk is the same. Punk yeah, is obviously a counterculture too. What's weird though is, like, metal was kind of big in the '90s. I mean, Pantera I, had an album at the top of the charts. The Black Album. But the thing was, was that so as much of a counterculture as it was, like it was all over TV and everything. Like it's probably that's why the movie. It'll probably never be as big as it was in the nineties. I will say that the flannel movement was started because of grunge and metal, so at least brought back. Because in the early to mid nineties, dude, mm-hmm. I'll say I did it too. I sported the freaking cut off flannel with no sleeves and everything, dude. Everybody back then wearing the jeans, Larry always. the Cable Guy, dude. Yeah. I was even wearing, dude. I was wearing shorts with the combat boots. I was the most ugliest dude on the planet in terms of fashion. Yeah. Ain't shit changed. He was doing the Jesus Christ pose and everything, dude. Man. Wait, were you <laughs> taking your flannel and tying it around your waist too? No. Yeah, he did. Never yeah, did he, that. Yes, he did. Never did that. I will. <laughs> I bet. I, bet I will say, but to get back to the original topic, though. So yes, y'all can give me as much hell as y'all want about you know, and I know y'all just do it in all good fun, but my punk. My punk background yeah. and the stuff I know about punk is very limited. Now mm-hmm. I'm trying to grow it, especially after seeing um, Black Flag, Black Flag, and Hawaii. Yeah. It was always does correct me. How do you say his last name? Mike Valley. 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 Yeah. So when we saw Black Flag, it was Mike Valley front, end. but it was still uh, Greg. Greg Jin. Yeah, Greg Jin. It was still him though. It, but he, he was the only it's original. Greg Jin. Greg Jin. Uh, Greg Jin. Yeah. Yeah. Greg Jin. Thank you. 
But yeah, still, that was that was a fun show. That like, was an insane show. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, uh, the, the the crowds are pretty violent. Like when I saw a municipal, like but that's a municipal waste show. It's oh, it's, it's, it's those, a fuck, are, yeah, those are violent. Fuck. Was it was that, it black flag or was it flag? Black, black flag. flag. It was black flag. Um, but that that I'd crowd. I'd rather see flag. <laughs> that that crowd was pretty freaking violent. I'd rather see flag. Flag. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the fact that like I had never seen a pit. I mean, I, it's been a long time since I actually saw like a bodies are flying. Like, straight up, like legit mosh pit. This was like a legit mosh pit. Yeah. But feeling but, the wind. But the island in the middle. Yeah, there was like the, ten people just standing in the middle. And like, most of them were like women, and they were like yeah. dressed in like high heels and stuff. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, if they move, they're gonna get so like nothing ever happened. And nothing ever happened to them. Yeah, it's like cool nobody though, messed yeah. with the whole island yeah. in the center. That's so cool. It was just everybody moshing around. I was like, that's just badass. You know, you can't mess with that. And then we walk outside, trying to get back to our spot, getting slammed. Dude, I almost <laughs> got like. It was hard. Like, Sean can dodge rain, so he can get through it. Like, <laughs> he can wiggle through and get through a lot of crevices. <coughs> Most other guys can't get through. Balk, you could probably do the same. With my training, probably. You could have gotten through those <laughs> cracks. Gain weight. But you know, <laughs> this guy right here, he ain't getting through crevices. I, if I need to get through somewhere, I'm going to have to bulldoze my way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they tried to push me in the pit. Yeah. Like, Hell no. You're like, no, no. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going in that. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I don't need to get knocked out again. Megadeth taught me a lesson. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. Wait, wasn't that lesson taught by one of your own? It was lesson times two. Because uh, it happened. I mean, two fifty. He had already fifty to get him. Like somebody him? stepped on my foot. The first time somebody stepped on my foot, and I you lost my shoe. Like stomped on your foot. No, no, no. Somebody yeah. stepped. Somebody stepped on my Cereal foot. Serial foot stomper. Somebody <laughs> stepped on my foot, and I lost my shoe, and then I fell down, and then I think shoe picked me up, and then somebody grabbed my shoe and threw it back to me. So I stepped out of the pit and I put my shoe back on, tied my shoe up. So I jumped back in the pit. I'm doing good. Next thing I know, I take a bow to the temple from my cousin. <laughs> I don't think he meant to do it, but it was like he was just oh, throwing. He meant to do it. He no, meant no, to do that shit. Nobody throws a bow without intent. Yeah, nobody throws a bow. Listen, like, I, without, it, yeah. it, it, wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a shoulder. It wasn't a fist. I felt the point. It was a straight elbow. Yeah, he was going to hit somebody. He didn't care who it was. I think Danny's <laughs> biggest concern at that show, though, <laughs> this was not long after... Danny got squashed by that three-foot wave. Oh. He saw a wave of people oh. and was like, ooh, had flashbacks. <laughs> it was like, get me out of here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking about the black flag show? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we were talking about Megadeth there. No, I was the, like, the, black, like, the black flag show. Black flag show, yeah. I had seen waves when we saw Megadeth, but... Yeah, man. You know, but seriously, that's the biggest reason why, It's you know, funny that you say that about punk rock, though, because, like, if I, if I remember correctly, like, I'm trying to... The first records I started listening to, I found my dad's record collection. It was Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here. It was Injustice For All. And that's what kind of kicked it off. But when punk rock came into play, I think the first... Honestly, I want to say it's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater that got me into punk rock. Like 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 a decent like you know, category or catalog of different artists as far as... Not just punk rock, just like, you know, a different genres. I can't really remember like an album up until maybe the Ramones... You know, but that's like, you know, get, you know, punk rock one one. Listen to the Ramones. That you know, that's palatable, that's safe, you know. There's a gateway yeah. C D. Yeah, it's a like, gate yeah, exactly. I, like for me, it's one one album. I know exactly what it is. Uh Cousin Patrick had Rancids and Out Come the Wolves. Ooh, yeah. And that was That was it. Yeah. Huh. It was like ninety six or something. I don't know. Right. When we listened to it? Yeah. Ninety five, ninety six it was a long time ago. Is that the same album yeah. for you, Bob? They got you basically your gateway? I heard it 
Probably, probably what like introduced me to it. Ooh. Um, I can't think of anything else that like I know for a fact was like really the gateway for me. I mean, <laughs> Rancid, Rancid was like what I was introduced to. I would say one of the first ones that I probably bought on my own was probably like a Ramones collection. Yeah. I, I'm not like a greatest hits, but an actual collection that had I think like four or five CDs in there. I mean, nice. So I didn't really have a gateway punk album, but my gateway album to getting me into metal mm-hmm. and this is most people could never say this but most people when they first start listening to metal they're like oh i listen to metallica or i listen to megadeth or i listen to anthrax one of the big four the my gateway album what got me into metal was sepultura no oh, wow dude arise i was given that cd mm-hmm. by my cousin he had two copies of it one was all scratched up and he gave it to me and i listened to that thing Couldn't play dude that album like changed yeah. everything for me when I listened to that. I'm like, it, it scared me because yeah. I was I was a little kid, you know, so yeah. I was 13 years old, yeah. you know. But the album scared me, mm-hmm. and then but then I'm like, this is just this is ridiculous. I've never heard anything like this, and you know that was it. Now that I think about it, <clears throat> as I remember what got me into punk rock. It, it was definitely Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I was thinking about around the time because that. Because I remember uh, Out Come the Wolves, at least, uh, what was it, uh, Maxwell Murder. Yeah, yeah and like Time yeah. Bomb. Yeah, Time, yeah, it was on those soundtracks. But it was my friend uh, Jimmy growing up when, we, when I was trying to learn how to skate. Jimmy Gorn, uh, skateboard. He was teaching me how to skateboard, but he also intru- introduced me to punk rock. Like, uh, <laughs> this is around, the, uh, I can't remember what era this was, I guess, late 90s, definitely. Because this is, I remember Dookie, Animal of the State, and... There was an Alkaline Trio. There was an Alkaline Trio album in there somewhere. Alkaline Trio. Yeah, and but then there's also Rancid involved, and I think he got those albums from his bigger brother, from his big brother David, and so it was just it was kind of that's and that's how I, yeah that's how I got into Three Six Mafia and Project Pat. That's how I learned about yeah 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 all those albums because uh, listening to his uh, bigger brother's uh, album uh, his yeah album collection. See, my rap influences <laughs> started at an earlier age, so it was like first rap i was really truly introduced that wasn't like pop rap like vanilla ice or something like that mm-hmm. and it was nwa and that was like the very first stuff i ever listened to and like my mom absolutely freaked out when she was like what is this <laughs> and so it's like but you know that's kind of was my introduction to other music that was not you know rock or metal because i was raised on elvis the beatles and southern rock and country and stuff that's what i was raised on so you know, people like either love or hate the Beatles. I love them, but like, again, they're time period pieces. So like, that's why like, when you listen to Helter Skelter, man, I, I, there's a reason that that song fucking hits. So speaking of Helter Skelter, uh oh, what happened? But not the song. So there's a documentary about Charles Manson that just came out recently, or might have been out for a while. So did you know that Charles Manson had a son? Yeah. Did you know his son had a son? No, no, I didn't know that. They so, changed their name. Yeah, yeah. They they changed their name. So if it if is it any relation to this book called Chaos? Cause I'm, I'm not sure. Because I, I you know, I've been talking about it, uh, not on the podcast, but with you, I, you know, every once in a while I talk about it. It's like it's a it's a long li- you know it's an audio book. Well, I'm listening to an audio book, <laughs> so it's like 15 hours, but I have like five hours left. Um, 
it, but it goes through all that. So, but go, go ahead. Go so ahead. to get the gist, so this guy, like, so apparently his son, because he was Charles Manson Jr., yeah. changed his last name to Freeman mm. or something like that. Was it Marty Freeman? No. And so Matt Freeman, huh? Matt Freeman. I, I don't know. I don't know. It might be Charles Freeman. I have no idea. But he had another son. He had a son. And so apparently the son said that everybody had, even the media and everything, had blown Charles Manson out of proportion. He wasn't the monster that everybody thought he was, that, you know, they made him out to be a villain. And so after he died, the, the last will and testament of Charles Manson was to be cremated. And like his ash to be spread, and like all these people to like show up and have like this tribal ritual with his ashes and like rub it all over their face and body and everything. Fuck that, dude. And so, um, <laughs> and so apparently, like everybody was like condemning his grandson. Mm-hmm. And my mom was, I, I watched a little bit of it, my mom was telling me about the rest of it, and like condemning his grandson. And his grand was, grandson was like, because he could still gets death threats to this day. And he's like, he's like, he looks he, when he's getting interviewed. He's like, "Y'all are the cause for this." He's like, "I've tried to live a normal life. We've tried to get past the whole Charles Manson thing. Y'all the ones won't let it go." Yeah. And I've had to relocate, change my name, and everything. He's like, "So I'm not apologizing for anything that I do. If I want to do this for my grandfather, I don't give a damn if you get pissed." And that's kind of where they went to with that direction. When but, you say, when you say, what did he do for his grandfather? Like he he went through with the last will and testament of having him because apparently he California it? wasn't going to allow it to happen. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, but when you said that, I was like, wait, did yeah. he come out with a documentary yeah. for his grandfather? Cal- California wasn't going to allow it to happen. They had him on like I think they had him on like cryogenic freeze for like a long time before oh. they allowed him to be released to his grandson. Okay. For them to actually go through why? Because the last will and testament was in place. For him, but I guess when you're a convicted murderer, mm-hmm. I guess whatever you have as a last will and testament, I guess with California law, I'm not sure. I guess they can't, they don't have to follow through with that because he's a convicted felon. So they basically can do whatever they want mm-hmm. with the body. They forf- you forfeit all rights to your body, I guess, the way the, the way he was being explained to me. Why? Well, I mean, if he had a life sentence, he served his life sentence, he's dead. What are you going to do with his body? Exactly. You're going to clone him or something? <laughs> but, That's why history fucking repeats itself. So let me ask y'all this. I, I just want y'all. I just want y'all's opinion because I asked my mom, I asked my mom this earlier, and I, and before I say this, podcast listeners, I am not saying that I agree with what anything that happened in the '60s. I'm not saying anything about what mass murders or anything. Mm-hmm. But I just I just want to just I just I want a question. I just want a question. Do you think Charles Manson was insane? Or do you just think he was a very intelligent sociopath? The only reason why... I don't think he was insane. I think he, just like any other famous... I hate to say it, we shouldn't be making these people famous. But any other of these famous either mastermind, cult leaders, serial killers... They were born with a certain mechanism, and that's how they operate. And and somewhere along the way, they realize that they're really good at it. And for some reason, that overrides anything else. So that's why they keep doing it. And and before it gets out of control, and they unravel. Next thing you know, they're on every newspaper. Anyway, after after listening to chaos. Now I'm not saying this is true or not. It's just this is what this guy's saying. For some reason, this guy was a part. He was a, he was um, 
part of an experiment in that was it the Harvard LSD studies. Right. He was a part of that. So when when he was in prison, he got chosen for some for some reason to get tested on and get dosed with LSD and get taught. I hate to say it because I sound like a fucking tinfoil hat right now. He got taught mind control techniques. That's actually government. There was actually um, what, Operation Paperclip. Yeah, Operation. I think it's Paperclip. Yeah, we can go down this, uh, or, this conspiracy theory rabbit hole. Like, from music to conspiracy theories. Yeah. North real quick. Yeah. It, might, it might be. Might be Operation. Well, I was trying to talk about the Beatles, but here we are. <laughs> but I guess that's what happens because I guess because he, he got attached to a, a Helter Skelter. Yep. Well, the thing was I was going to ask Shame you though. The thing I was going to ask you though is that, you the, that the, grandson, you it. the grandson came out and said that he believed that the trigger, the mechanism that you just talked about was Brian. Well, Brian Wilson, Brian Wilson, Dennis the, Wilson, or Dennis Wilson, turning like they used the song that he wrote, but then they changed the lyrics and did not give him credit for it on the album, and that was like the trigger mechanism that ended up flipping him because apparently at the time so, he was a good guy. It was weird. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So I, I haven't finished listening to the book, and honestly, I'm going to listen to it all over again because I stopped and then I had to pick it up and remember what was being said. But from my understanding. You have to put this in perspective. LSD was a new thing in the fifties and sixties. They don't know what what it was what, what what it was capable of. So why not if you have this you know, particular person and you dosed him with a bunch of LSD and then you set him free? Why not you know study his behavior? What is he capable of? Oh, he's able to do this. Well, okay, let's let's let's, do, let's dose him up again, and let's teach him some you know, techniques. And now he has a whole following. It sounds crazy, but it's what happened. Spawn Ranch is a real thing, you know. Like it was a real thing. Like all this happened, you know. Why? How come all these people like and like? I'm trying to not get into the freaking you know rabbit hole. But it's like, coming up. Yeah, I feel it. But that's what happened. Was like especially during the you know during the '60s, during the hippie craze and the love movement, you know. They say that Charles Manson was used to destroy the love movement, and he kind of did with the death of Sharon Tate and the Lomb and the LaBianca murders. You know, but now that, that was just a little glimpse of a society that average people like us don't get to see, and, so, and it was unraveling. So here's the real question. What's up? I don't think it was crazy. Well, no, but here, well, yeah, but here's the real question. You said he destroyed the love movement. Not not just him alone, but in in, in you know in legal sense he he you know conspiracy before and after the fact he plotted it, but he didn't actually commit any murders at all. So N- not not the ones that we think of, but he did murder people. I'm just talking about like the ones that the famous ones. Yeah, the famous ones. No, he had nothing. He wasn't even there. No, but he he was telling. He was orchestrating these people, and. Again, the whole Helter Skelter thing was uh, that book. Oh God, man! I w- see it. I, I wish I was. You know, I, I wish we were, I knew I was, we were about to talk about this because then I would have my my, my facts right. Because I don't want to you know talk and you know, say false things. But the person who wrote Helter Skelter was also run, running to become district attorney. Yep. So that was a political. It was like a political piece to just help him win votes. He's also one of the biggest JFK conspiracy naysayers that there is. Like he he's like he's, he's like a the, violent man too. He's the king he's not, of debunking JFK conspiracies. Yeah. He wasn't a good he wasn't a good person either. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> are you gonna say Fez? <laughs> uh, I didn't mean to do that. I just wanted to ask that question because I really wanted to get all of y'all's opinions on whether or not you thought he was crazy or if he was a sociopath. 
I mean, being an institute, being institutionalized for your entire life will do something to you, and yeah, that'll drive you crazy for sure, I believe. So, I guess with that, and then seeing all these people, like, the celebrities having the attention and shit, I'm sure he just wanted a little bit of that attention. Absolutely. So, I mean, maybe a sociopath, I don't know if I would say, like, clinically insane or anything like that, or, but... Along I've always some been, of those lines. I've always been under the... It's a fine know, line anyways. Yeah, exactly, because I've always been told that a, a, an insane person doesn't actually know they're insane because in their mind they feel what they're doing is correct. Yeah. So it's a, the, the, being insane and then being, you know, borderline personality disorder or having, you know, schizophrenia or anything, it's a very fine line for all of it. And it's so weird because, like you said, especially with sociopaths, it's an extreme, like, emphasis on this, like, God this God complex exactly. that they have where it's exactly. like I'm, Ted Bundy yeah Ted Bundy it, but he was Ted Bundy was something different like and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not praising him like he was a disgusting individual yep. but he was a rabid dog and he knew it but he couldn't stop it the only person I've ever heard of that when he was executed the fl- governor of Florida came oh, on yeah. TV to every state in the southeast and said turn off your electricity so we have extra power to fry this guy shit yeah. That shit, dude. I was a little kid when that came on, and that was like I didn't even know what the electric chair or execution was. That's when I found out what it was. Yeah, that's he was crazy. A, yeah, he was a, I mean, that, that's a separate. Yeah, he, he's a different type type of person, now, different type of killer, man. Then there is Pee Wee Gaskins. That dude, yeah, the, the meanest man in the South. Uh, yeah, with the coffin the, with yeah, the, the, from, the hearse. The hearse. Dude murdered two guys in Charleston, mm-hmm. in Ferndale. Mm-hmm. Dude. I watched a documentary on that guy. Yeah. That dude was mean to everybody except his wife and his daughter. He treated them like gold. Mm. Killed everybody else. Yeah. Mean man, dude. Straight up. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he just murdered them. He did some other foul things to yeah. too. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was a guy. He, he did. He which what, inspires metal music. <laughs> well, I mean, like Hannibal Corpse. The, the inspiration for Slayer's, you know, you know, Dead Skin Mask. Dead Skin Mask. That's based off Ed Gein, which is the the Mr. basis Gein. for basis for Leatherface on here. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's all based yeah. off Ed Gein. So yeah. that's a crazy dude too. What yeah. was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that had Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, I think that was three. Yeah. When he was like the super reunion. young, it was like one of his first movies. Yeah, I think it was the reunion or something. Yeah, like that. that was a. Ter- yeah, that was an odd one. Yeah, all those. Movies. I kind of want to go back and watch that one because I remember it from when I was younger and thinking it was really weird. I think he was kind of funny was... in that movie, actually. Like he had some really kind of comedic parts in that movie that was actually kind of funny. If I try to remember. Speaking of him in weird roles, did you got what was that? True Detective. Oh, how, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, dude. It's good. That is good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, hmm. I have not him watched. and uh, old Woody. I hear it, yes, man. It's a, it's I haven't watched show, True Detective show. since I think season one. Now. I do like Vince Vaughn, but him in the second season, it just didn't do it for me. Okay. Because hmm. what was he, like a mobster type guy or something? Oh, it's hard. He was hard to sell him. Yeah. 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 Damn, where are you? We're seven minutes in. Jeez. I'm yeah. so used to him being like a funny guy, mm-hmm. you know, wedding crasher. It was kind of hard. Old though. school. Even like, uh, was that Swingers or, not Swingers, what was the one where they like, 
we're doing the maybe it was swingers. It is so they're going to like Vegas and yeah. He kept saying money. Oh swingers. man, this is money. Yeah. Oh god, <laughs> dude, so greasy. When like <laughs> him in those movies, like I get that. Yeah. But wait, wasn't he in like a like Psycho remake or something? Cell. He was in yeah. I think he was in Psycho too. Where he was wasn't he Norman Bates or whatever? I think so. Mm-hmm. He was also in the Cell. Yeah, yeah. He, Man, he's done some odd. Did he do? I'm gonna have to go watch some of his other. Did he do a monster more movie? serious roles? Uh, I thought he did a mobster movie. I don't know. Probably. Like early in his career, he was like, he was in a mob. I, I, I might be mixing it up that it was with Christopher Walken, but I don't think it was. But I could have sworn he was in a mobster movie. What was Suicide Kings? Suicide. I don't think he was in that. That was, was Jay that. Moore or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I could have sworn that Vince Vaughn was actually in. One of those monster-style movies. Well, so, I don't think is that it was... that the Dragged Across Concrete? I don't think so. Mm. Have you guys, do you guys remember the film Eight, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag? Oh, yeah. With Joe, the Pesci. Giant Depp? Yeah. With Joe Pesci. I thought Giant Depp was in that movie. Maybe. I'll have to... Because like, I, I just saw, like, I was scrolling through. It was like, oh, what? Wait, that's, I thought that's, that was the one with De Niro sorry. and uh, Matt Perry. I'm that. sorry. That's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I got it confused. For some reason, I have no idea. I mean, I love... Uh, it's weird that you bring... I wanted to talk about that, but, like, I wasn't going to bring it up. I love that film. Yeah, I think it's, it's a seasonal thing. I always end up watching Fear and Loathing around this time. So, but that's... I don't know why. It just, yeah, but... Is anyone else's, like... Well, obviously, your movie choices are seasonal. Mm-hmm. Is anyone else's, like, movie choices or music choices seasonal? I have a couple seasonal movies. Sandlot, absolutely. Has, it's a must before baseball season. Sandlot, <laughs> Eight Men Out, uh... The uh, one with Kevin Costner, um, Field of Dreams. Not Bull Durham. <laughs> I, I like Bull Durham, but uh, I feel the Dreams cup? is much better. But those like those three movies, so Eight Men Out, uh, Sandlot, and Field of Dreams are like my three go-to movies for baseball season. No, not really the scout. So with Dennis Quaid. So like, were you meaning like as far as like fall, winter, uh, yeah. summer, not so like sports season? Oh, okay, okay. Well, I mean that's spring. Like, end of winter, spring, that's the start of baseball season, so yeah. it's the turn of a season. For some reason, when summer starts, I have to watch Dazed and Confused. Yeah, and... For, and School's I, out, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. But then I think it's because the way Comedy Central would play, like, during the summer, it would be, like, Dazed and Confused, and shortly after, it would be Clue. What? I know, it's, it, like, but now that's, like, that's the combination I have to watch it, like... For some reason, it was like it's instant. Yeah, I don't know why. It was Daisy Confused, and like they would play like a, you know, thirty-minute episode of something, and all of a sudden they would play Clue. And I was like, oh, I mean, it's a great movie. I like Clue. I have a summertime movie, Twister. <laughs> I yeah. love, I love getting on some Twister, dude. For I don't know why, I just dig that movie, and they're remaking that. So it's come out in like twenty twenty-two. Yeah, the leather right. belt, man. man. Huh? The leather belt. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, held them the together. Belt. I, I I call BS on that one, but yeah, it did like. Yeah, I don't, I don't, especially an F five tornado. <laughs> yeah, excess of three hundred miles an hour. That ain't happening. F five. Yeah, that was an F five tornado. That is the finger of God. Why is it an F five? That's the Fujita scale. That's how oh. tornadoes are based. It's based off their wind speeds, off of their damage. Okay. What are so, you thinking? I guess I'm thinking of hurricanes with like cats. Oh. So that's why cats. I was like. They measure so, them in cats. This one's the cat. size of five cats. <laughs> five cats. Five meow meow beans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is that? That's an F meow meow bean, son. 
then like going back to like seasonal movies, I feel like in the fall and winter I I start going down this weird rabbit hole of like Fear and Loathing, American Psycho, and Fight Club. <laughs> I get into a lot of Tim Burton movies during Halloween. That makes so, sense. That like, makes sense. but it's not the Tim Burton movies that you think. Mm-hmm. So the ones I'm talking about, Batman. It's like the Batman's. Yeah. Um, the uh, Batman's. Well, Batman. Batman wanted the. It wouldn't first be two. the Batman. Batman's. But um, so uh, <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, that, that was a good one. Um, definitely a, a Halloween style movie. James and the Giant Peach. No, <laughs> but like I love that one. It's dude, a good movie. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw this one out there. You're gonna think I'm a bunch of bitches for it, but I don't care. The Craft. No, like, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll they're making a sequel. One. Are they really? It looks. It looks decent. I mean, not just who the fuck am I, but it looks pretty. Like I'm, I'm interested because I like the first one. So, but like definitely around those things, I'm not a whole much into a hocus pocus. Oh. <laughs> hey, that's a fun yes. one. Uh, I, can't, I, I, can't. I don't do it by choice, but yes, pretty much every fall, hocus pocus will be on the TV. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll watch it just because of what it is, but I can only go through it like once, and then like I just can't. I can't deal with all that stuff. That, I think as far as like Halloween movies, mm. maybe The Crow, but I don't like yeah. watching it at this time. Like I like watching it at the end of winter for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot about The Crow. That's a good call. Though. It's hard for me, man. I get, but really, I get in a weird mood when I watch The Crow. Really, The Crow 3 with uh, Edward Furlong? No. Yeah. <laughs> Tina, Tina Ortiz was in that one? Was he? Dude, that is the oddest cast. Yeah. Dude, Edward listen, Furlong. listen. Crow, Crow 2 was still pretty decent. The one with uh, Kirsten Dunst. Never saw that. that I think that was like three nope. or four. Yeah, it wasn't two. But that was that was actually... That, 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 if I remember correctly, that had a really good story. I didn't like the second one. I like the second one only because... I used to like the TV show. I just, I just like the second one from the, the chick that they got who played um, the girl from the original when she was grown. Mm-hmm. Oh, sexy. Oh, my God. We'll say around this time, it's not really Halloween related, but I just watch it around then, I guess, because it's got gore in it, but it's not a horror or anything like that. Blade. Yeah. And I'll watch the whole Trinity. Well, see, see, now this is something I watch, too. And and I try to stay away from, like, I try to ignore the fact it has a lot of gore elements and maybe, like, you know, a lot of scary parts, but, you know, the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. I mean, it's like... Uh, yes. It's a it's a classic in Halloween time, you know. It's one of those things that has to have. <laughs> Your head looks like a great pumpkin, dude. You can't tell me right now you don't get on no great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Come I, on, I, don't. I, I actually don't. Man. What? But, like, I don't know if I've ever actually seen that. Same here, same here. Actually, while we're on the topic of not actually seeing anything, for a long time. A very long time. People had the debate of whether or not Die Hard was a Christmas movie. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anytime someone actually talks about Die Hard, mm-hmm. I've always just kind of peeled out of the conversation. The conversation. <laughs> I never actually saw Die Hard until this year. Really? Yes. <laughs> no shit. Wow. Yeah, whatever. I personally don't. Think I don't think it's a Christmas movie. It's, it takes place no. at Christmas, it's but, not a Christmas I, movie. but it's not. A Christmas I think movie. Bruce Willis even says not. It just happened to be Christmas. I mean, if it was Christmas in like where you're seeing a whole bunch of snow or it's cold or something, that's fine. But they're yeah. in L.A. Yeah. Now, what I've always tried to find, and there's not a whole lot of them, is Thanksgiving movies. Mm. Um, one that's like listed as a Thanksgiving movie is one that's got uh, Ed O'Neill in it. 
uh, Al Bundy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where he's going to pick up his stepson yeah, from, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. private uh, school. They had to take a Dutch. road trip. Yeah, Is that Dutch? Dutch? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a good yeah, I kind of like that one. That, that was a fun one. Well, I mean, there's, well. Oh, wait, was Son-in-Law, was that a, was that a Thanksgiving movie? Oh, yeah, time? Son-in-Law, Polly Shore. Yeah, that was that, a Thanksgiving movie. Okay. Yeah. It's a fantastic film. Love that one. Yeah, well, that's, that was one <laughs> of them. Crawl. Yeah, yeah, crawl. Crotch. Crotch. That was one of the better movies, man, that he yeah. actually did. I mean, besides Encino, man. And Biodome, bro. Biodome, yeah. yeah. I mean, do... that's like his three movies, right? Yeah. Did he do anything else? Jury Duty. Oh, in yeah. In the Army now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, hey, I'm a fan of all this shit. I forgot about that. <laughs> no, so. I know we've watched In the Army. Yeah. I do like In the Army now. Now, Jury Duty, uh, I think I saw that once, and I was like, that's a... Uh, you know, know that Indy Army now is a complete ripoff of Stripes, though, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. But, like, everybody says, like, that's what ruined his career, but I don't give a shit. Like, I liked all those films, but, like, if there was a cat, like, if I had a random, yeah, In the Army now is, like, here. Or now, Jury Duty might be. I did forget one. Uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. Mm-hmm. I do watch that. I watch his seasonal movies yeah. in their, you know. That's the one I was, yeah. Do you want to know what this guy, right? oh, do you want to know what this guy made me do one day? So we, we, we came up with this idea. We went and got steaks. We had like steak and eggs for breakfast or anything. So I come back and Fez has got it on YouTube. And we sat there and watched every single Ernest commercial. It was like a time, compilation. From the time it was created. For like, every, <laughs> like These were like regional commercials. So he's talking about stuff that doesn't even yeah. exist. Yeah, there was one for the uh, Somerville Hoover the Mover or yeah. whatever. Yeah, really? Yeah. It was like talking about shoe polish and different kind of sodas and all these different well, things. I he used to do a whole bunch of regional big, ads. Like a, yeah, he was a Southern uh, oh, yeah. celebrity, wasn't he? Go down to Winn-Dixie and get your whatever, <laughs> what, cottage cheese or something. <laughs> We're sitting there. We, we watched so many uh, like bar- random bar- things, bar- dude. I mean, it's like, and, yeah. And then we stopped watching that and we got on the whole Unsolved Mysteries kick. Unsolved Mystery, yeah, the, the latest, like that first season, the did, newest season. Did you finish watching it? No. I, I watched like the I first either. two and I was just kind of like, eh, I, I don't know. It. But it's, it's, not, it's not the same. Yeah. Um, there's no there's no Robert Stagg. Right. And there's something else about like this, because there's some other one, Cold Case or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Or no, FBI Files. Right. Those, and maybe Cold Case, they got that old cheesy music and like the narration's just so bad mm-hmm. what's the one that we watched just the way people looked back then like it just adds to I it i thought it was like the cold case files when we watched with that the, the announcer just sounds really like weird but he just brings that added extra thing it's yeah like, and it's like so me and Fez, forensic like, files forensic files that was it <laughs> <laughs> yes but yeah, the, late, the latest season i have to say i don't watch cold case or anything but unsolved i, I watched those that was fun yeah. Yeah, we went through a time on that one, so I, but I think we're running low on time here. Unless y'all want to extend it, but no, 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 no. Yeah. So it was a good one. Yeah, good run. Yeah, I mean, Balk was pretty quiet on this one. Anything you want to add, real quick, Balk? Uh, probably just fuck you, Danny. Fuck, fuck you, Danny. Danny. Ah.